What is up, everybody? Real excited to be with you. Happy 2021. Going to kick things off strong and go through something that's really subtle but massively significant. And once I realized how to craft better messaging and communicate better the value that I provided, people became way more curious, way more excited to hear what I was talking about. And I didn't need to personally talk to them. So it flowed through social, it flowed through other areas and messaging. And so I wanna share how you can do the same for you and your business. What's up everybody, this is Ryan Staley and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics that the top sales and marketing leaders are using create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question and this show is the answer. What is up everybody? This is Ryan, happy to be with you on Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, especially for 2021. So uh, looking forward to ripping it and gripping it this year. If you're seeing me live, whether it's it's um, on video and you're and you're not listening to this, I'm, I'm rocking the, the the Chicago Bears gear, if you will. I'm representing with the bright orange, and uh, it's either going to be prophetic in terms of me seeing the future because the Bears beat the Packers to get to the playoffs, or they they messed up again. So either way, I'm I'm trying to be youthful and and hopeful in spirit. However, that's not what I'm here to talk to you about. What I am really here to talk to you about today is how to create messaging if your solution doesn't have an ROI. And this is really, really critical because like the beautiful thing now is I'm starting to work and advise companies on how to scale their revenue without adding any headcount, without taking outside investment, and without any risk. And one of the key things is messaging. However, I'm seeing with with people that I coach or other sales executives or sales leaders that I work with, that this is a common thread. So it doesn't matter if you're the owner of the company or you're a sales executive, this is highly applicable to you because I hear people having the same problem with this consistently. So once I hear problems that are happening consistently, I'm gonna wanna do a podcast or a show or a piece of content to help folks with that. And so here's where it is. Essentially, a lot of people come to me and they're like, well, Ryan, our solution doesn't have an ROI. We don't have an ROI at all with our solution. It's it's kind of soft and we don't have an ROI. And of course, my next logical question is, well, how much annual revenue do you do? And it, I've seen it all over the board. Sometimes it's, it's 10 million, sometimes it's 8 million, sometimes a couple million, sometimes it's a million. And here's the thing. If you have any kind of revenue whatsoever, you have a tangible ROI for your solution. So I want you to just internalize that and think of that because companies don't buy for nice to haves. They they have to have a logical business case that's totally and completely justified by a tangible ROI that's delivered. And I'll give you an example of a story. So there was an opportunity we were working and this is when I was leading the team. And and essentially the company was a multi-billion dollar company. And they were Fortune 500, I think maybe at the edge of Fortune 500, Fortune 1000. And we were working on a $10 million contract that we eventually won and got from them. And one of the reasons why we got it is because of how we were able to back into 
the true tangible ROI, not just financially, but also break into some other areas I'm, I'm going to hit upon briefly. So, um, but basically the customer, and this is another thing that comes up most of the time, folks will say like, hey, our customers don't tell us what the ROI is, or they don't tell us the benefit they're getting. And really, if you are selling anything to anybody, it's your job to know that before you even meet with them. Okay, and so the customer didn't give us really any tangible data around what the exact ROI could be or what the outcome would be. We had to really back into it. So we leveraged what Elon Musk would call the first principles, right? And basically that's the philosophy he used to massively, I think it was reduce the cost of a spaceship by like 90% because he went all the way down to the core product that, that made that up and then found the, a cheaper way to source that and a better way to reuse the rocket. So the same thing applies here. So basically this is when we were looking at a solution that was most often commoditized that we sold as a solution and it included printer service, toner and hardware, right? Not, not complex things where you could basically just fudge your way around what they were. You could tangibly look up any of those on the internet and get them very easy. So what we did to justify a $10 million contract versus the customer wanting to buy something piecemeal is we went through this process. I'm gonna walk you through this because you can apply it, like I said, for your business. It doesn't matter if you're selling software, it doesn't matter if you are selling a managed service, doesn't matter if you're selling security solutions. It doesn't even matter if you're selling anything that's non-IT related. And so the first thing you got to do is quantify the size of the problem. And Rob Jetson talks about this. He was on my summit. I've had him on the podcast before. Great guy, really smart dude. He has the sales leadership podcast. Haven't checked it out. Definitely check it out. However, essentially, you know, one of his core things that he looks at is, okay, what is the cost of the problem? What's the size of the problem financially? And you look at it over a period of not just what it is one year, but also three years and five years. And you have to work with the customer on that. And so it takes a little bit of time because you have to ask questions. And a lot of times customers are like, okay, well, we want to solve this because it's causing X challenge, right? So if they're causing X challenge, like in the, the situation for the large organization that I mentioned, they're like, hey, we're having an issue. This is being managed across multiple departments. And so really we took down to the core first principles of what they were spending for each one of those areas. And then in addition, they did certain tasks or certain components in house that we would automate. So what we did is we quantified them specifically and this comes down to time. So the first step is financially. How do you map out financially the exact tangible outcome that your solution will provide and you have to work with the customer on that and use their words. Second, time. What is your time to implement and what is the time saved? A lot of people wanna get the result without doing the work these days, especially if they're paying a lot of money. So what you truly have to map out are the amount of time and resources that their team is gonna need to spend to implement your solution, but then more importantly, the time that they save. So just like the financial aspect, if you quantify that the problem, let's say they spent $10 million with us, you quantify that the problem is a $30 million problem, spending 10 million to get rid of a $30 million problem would make sense all day, wouldn't it? Uh, now, if you're looking at the time aspect of it, same thing. If they have to invest, let's say 30 man hours to get this program and solution up and running, 
and then it runs pretty autonomously without a lot of involvement, except for some interaction here and there. However, those 30 hours of implementation are going to offload thousands of hours a year times X amount of people, then that becomes a real obvious ROI if it's 30 hours of implementation, you're saving 3000 hours of time. And we did that because the manual process that, that they did was a simple process of ordering supplies. And when you're ordering supplies, something really simple where if people are doing it manually versus it's automated, but you have a really large infrastructure, a really large enterprise that adds up and it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. So same kind of concept. Okay. Now, now that you got the size of the problem, which is step one, number two is the time, right? Not that it's just the time to implement, but also the time, the return on time, if you will. The third thing is that there really needs to be a focus area. And, and a lot of people are like, ah, customers don't buy ROI. They don't, they don't believe it. They don't do it. And it's because you need to do a better job. You have to get their agreement on it. And if you don't get their agreement on it, of course, they're not going to buy into it because it's just fluff. It's just crap you're throwing against the wall. Whereas, for example, if you make it hyper-specific and tangible and you co-author it with them and ask their agreement along the way, then that's a game changer because it goes from uh, being fairy dust, pixie dust or whatever, to being something that like you could pick up and hold in your hand. And, and so that's really, really critical. And you, that needs to happen not just at the manager or director level, but at the C-level as well. So if you connect at the C-level and have that type of interaction and, and really truly own that agreement on the ROI, it makes your solution so much more predictable. And by the way, guys and gals, this doesn't matter if it's a multi-million dollar deal or if it's a $30,000 deal or $80,000 deal. The more tangible and specific and the higher degree of confidence that they have, that they're going to get that result, both financially and time-wise, the easier it is for them to make a decision and prioritize your solution. Now, the, the really good thing about doing this as well is it weeds out crappy opportunities that you or your sales team or your sales org could be working on. It truly, truly weeds them out. And the benefit of that is because, like, for example, it, it helps you eliminate the tire kickers. You know, the people that just want to hear more, that like the cutting edge solution or just want to talk or, or like you as a person and really just want to spend time with you, even though they have no intention to buy. That weeds that out because if you identify, hey, there's not really a good return on the time and there's not really a good return on the investment, then that's probably not an opportunity that your team or you or, you know, your sales team should be working on. And so it really sniffs that out. Now, the fourth one, the fourth one, I give you the third one, the fourth one that I think is highly, highly critical for this as well. And I'm, I'm become a lot more aware of this recently. I've gotten, I've dove deep into marketing once I started my company. And even before that, I've, I've just always been intrigued because it's, it's essentially selling at scale, right? And, and it uses a lot of psychology levers and components to it. So I think it's fascinating. Uh, especially once you realize how much you're being marketed to and when you didn't, you weren't really engrossed in that world before. So one of the things that they say is basically if you're trying to close someone, the way that people make decisions is 30% are made on logic, 
20% are made on scarcity or urgency, and the other 50% are based on emotion. And so with that, that's why the fourth and final one that I think is so critical for anyone who will implement now with messaging is really now that you've got those other three areas, you got agreement on the cost, the, on the return on investment and the return on time. Now it is, it's almost like a return on emotion, right? And you're like, Ryan, what are you talking about? What the hell does this mean? So return on emotion would be something along the way, along the lines of like, okay, so say they went ahead with this solution and we eliminated this problem for you financially and we eliminated all this time and problems that your staff is encountering and you're encountering with doing this. First of all, Mr. Customer, how would you feel if you didn't have to deal with that anymore? And you're gonna stop. And you go, like, well, what do you mean? You're like, okay, if you didn't have that constant nagging problem that eats up much of your time and mental bandwidth on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, what would that do for, for you in terms of what you could focus on and, and what you could achieve? And just your mood, what would that do? And think about it. A lot of times problems make people really uncomfortable and uneasy. A lot of entrepreneurs run towards problems because um, that's where they could really help the market. However, being in the corporate world, from what I've seen in my experience, when you're selling to people, not everybody thinks that way. And so a lot of times the problems they have in their business are just like a thorn in your side, like a giant pain that they have to deal with constantly. And so once you get them to identify what the feeling is that they would get if that problem was removed and then layer on top of it, how their staff would feel if they didn't have to do this. And I'll give you an example. Uh, a situation where this happened is it's a lot of times annoying repetitive tasks or other areas that are just offloaded from multiple people. And, and so a situation where that happened was basically we had um, a person that when they were dealing with basically what was the problem, the problem was that it was with an IT executive or an IT, I should say staff, it was like an IT manager. And so he had to, to essentially look at and monitor a system and reboot that every weekend. And in terms of doing that, that was just a, a, a mental load that sucked, right? It wasn't very time intensive. It was just like, oh, this is something I got to do every weekend. I got to, I got to update that. And so just by not having to do that really emotionally makes folks feel way better when you could remove those barriers like that. So if you hit on those three areas, now I'll, I'll recap them once again, financially, you know, what's the ROI, the tangible specific ROI, what's the return on time? Are you getting their agreement? That's so critical. If you don't get their agreement, it's not real. And then at the same time, what's the emotional improvement that you're delivering as a result of that to the person, the C-level, warrior champion, um, the folks on their staff. And then here's the last but not least, it even relates to their customers. If you could, if you could hit on all three of those areas, it's an absolute home run. And so um, wanted to share that with you because it's it's something that, like I said, a lot of people have a hard time with. And so to put it in a short, concise statement, it really helps you understand how you're solving. And then it's a lead domino. So if you get really good at this on the front end, uh, when you're trying to acquire customers, sales cycles will go faster, will be more predictable. And at the same time, you'll have much, much 
easier time negotiating at the end of it because everything's tangible and specific, or at least ranges of tangible specific outcomes are going to get. And so it's going to make decisions a lot, lot easier because it becomes a little more black and white than that fuzzy gray area. Uh, and then on top of it too, you could leverage what you're working on with pre-customers, like before you get them prospects, I should say pre-customers with prospects. And then if you do that, that's going to translate to amazing case studies, messaging, text, everything you could think about to help acquire new customers. So that's pretty much it for today. I wanted to share that with you because I saw it as a common problem and a common thread. And I thought it could be really, really impactful if you just kind of have the formula that not just I've been using that works well, but also what I see marketers use to really, really get to the bottom of, you know, making people move forward, not making people, but drawing them forward on how you construct your messaging. So hope the start of 2021 is absolutely amazing for you that you're having a great kickoff of the year. I am so stoked. Uh, I'm more excited than I've been in, in such a long time because of all the opportunity and everything that's possible moving forward this year. And so I hope it is the same for you and look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.